Howdy Yokes and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edge Hill. And today we're making friends with our mortal enemies. Or maybe just being eaten by a cat. So punch an old lady in the face. And stand back up. Because today we're bringing you Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel was released on March 8th, 2019, just six days ago of this recording. It was on a $152 million budget. It has already made $456 million, three times what it costs to make. It has a 79% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes, 62% audience score, which is almost doubled since the day that it released. And it's currently got a 64 on Metacritic. Now today we are joined to talk about one of the bad, most badass movies I've ever seen with one of the most badass women I know, Joined today by the Jane of all trades of Super Carlin Brothers, Jordan Balky. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. We are so, so happy you're here. Aw, I'm so glad. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm super duper excited. Uh, we Before we do our binary reviews and before we do something new and exciting today, I do want, Ethan, if you have a review from a professional critic. I have a negative. Yes. Did you do Christian Science Monitor? I did. did you do Rainer? Or, uh, you did Rainer. I can't believe you didn't do Richard Brody. I couldn't find it. It wasn't like one of the top ones. He posted it yesterday. Yeah. Ah, well, I don't have it in front of Christian <laughs> Science Monitor. And he said, lacking the wit and graphic oomph that sometimes rescues the Marvel franchise from term oomph. Uh. Oomph. I think it had plenty of oomph. 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 I think it had plenty of oomph. I do as well. But all of the other critics here out. Honestly, like, that is a somewhat nuanced negative review, though. Like, it's it's not just complaining that she's a girl. It's at least thoughtful, maybe? Well, that was what I tried this. to find with somebody that actually yeah. looked like they knew what they were doing instead of just being like, it's a girl superhero. This didn't work with Wonder Woman. I don't know why they're trying it again. It did work with Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman was sweet. I'll tell you this. Peter Rayner usually has a review that I agree with. And if not, I can see where he's coming from. I mean, and, I can and see, I I can see, see where he's, he's coming, coming from on this one. Like, I get what? it. I can see where he's coming from on this one. If you're not indoctrinated or invested in the superhero thing, I could definitely see you getting it across your desk that you got to go review Wonder I mean, Captain Marvel, and you're like, another fortnighting Marvel movie? <laughs> when are they going to stop making these gall-dang things? Uh, well, I have a positive review from The New Yorker. Uh, they sent out two critics for the film. Anthony Lane of The New Yorker, a uh, common name right on the show, says superhero cinema has lectured us ad infinitum on the responsibility that is conferred by extraordinary gifts. Praise be to Larson for reminding us that they can be bringers of fun. And I, I agree with Anthony Lane here. I thought this movie was hella fun. Ha, hella. Ha, ha. Except hella wasn't fun. She was the goddess of death. Yeah, but that was a fun movie. It was a very fun about, movie. As long as we're talking about badass women, Kate Blanchett, thank you very much. I saw earlier today, and I'll have to send, find it again and send it to you guys, but it was this girl on Twitter that was like, I tried out cosplaying as Hella, and I literally thought it was a picture of Kate Blanchett. Like, there was a side-by-side. -side, I could not tell the difference. <laughs> I couldn't tell which was which. And I looked at this girl, like her normal face, and I was like, you know, I could definitely see where you're coming from on that one. Somebody was like, you look like Kate Blanchett. And you were like, that's cosplay time. <laughs> she was that's in a great. superhero movie. Yeah. I've been waiting for this. 
I get to be hella now. Anyway, what did y'all think of this movie? Well, Ethan, hold on. We do need a minor review, but exciting news, Ethan. Very exciting Insert air horn noise and post. The Bacon and Eggs binary review is now brought to you, as well as the rest of this podcast, by Carlin Brothers Coffee. Oh my God, that's so exciting. Carlin Brothers Coffee is my favorite, favorite, favorite coffee in the world. What it is, is instead of like one of these big box coffee shops that puts out, you know, this terrible burnt bean, you get fresh small batch beans that are so, so good. They're produced by my own family, which, well, they're not, the beans aren't made by Ben and Jonathan. They don't. (laughs) They don't like make the beans with their bodies. <laughs> but but they, they, they have tea, they have coffee and grounds as well as in beans. They have uh, cold brew that Ethan and I can attest will have you ready to run through a wall. And then you will just die. Once you it, will fall it, asleep. It stops working <laughs> as hard as it hits, I promise. It, it hits but that stuff is than anything in the world. gnarly. Oh my God, it's so, so, so good. No, the, the Carlin Brothers coffee, seriously, even if I didn't know the people that produced it, I would absolutely drink this stuff. It's fantastic. It's phenomenal. It's the best coffee i've had in my own home ever oh my gosh it is so insanely good and and to just get back to to actually brewing your cup of coffee nothing warms you up in the morning like a delicious cup of joe so anyway (coughs) listeners of bacon and eggs can actually get 10 percent off all purchases made at carlinbrotherscoffee.com if they go to carlinbrotherscoffee.com slash discount slash bacon and use promo code bacon at checkout for 10% off your purchase. That's carlinbrotherscoffee.com slash discount slash bacon, promo code bacon for 10% off all purchases made at carlinbrotherscoffee.com. Now, Tyler, what if I don't drink coffee? They have tea. They have tea? Does it work for the tea? tea? It does work for the tea. All purchases. Oh my God, that's so exciting. Gets on my phone, orders tea. Yes. That's actually not true. I don't, I don't drink tea. I used to, but that was before I drank coffee. Yeah, honestly, same. Like, Used to drink coffee, now I drink tea. Or when, no, when used people, to drink tea, now I drink coffee. Gosh darn it. When <laughs> people tell me they're a tea person, like a hot tea person, being from like, as somebody from the South, I just don't believe them. Like it is such a wild and foreign concept to me that you would actually drink hot tea. But like, I know I'm in the wrong thinking this because I know it's a thing people do, but why would you not just drink coffee or sweet tea? Oh, uh, because sweet tea will kill you. Sweet tea will kill you. <laughs> That stuff is straight up Yeah, cancer. it will slowly but surely rot out your insides like battery acid. <laughs> There's something special about sweet tea, though. Sweet tea is Oh, it's nice. magical. It's just oh absolutely magical. People that say they don't like sweet tea are lying. They're just lying to they, my they, face. Yeah, they are lying to themselves to make themselves not drink it. It's like because people who are all like... sweet tea is, is how much sugar can we put in this to make it not taste like tea at all? Right. <laughs> it's like people who say, I don't like Coca-Cola. I'm like, it. you're not. You're, that's not true. That's, you've you've just... just not true. You've, bought, you've bought the lie. Right. You've bought into not liking it, but really you love it. Um. Okay. Aside. Jordan, how was that? That was, that was great. I... Perfect. I buy into it for sure. Excellent. Perfect. I said it twice. You told me I had to say it twice, so I said it twice. I, I, I didn't, you didn't even have to say out the whole thing. You just needed to say like, we'll put the link in the description, but the fact that you said it out is an even noisier call to action and I love it. We'll definitely Perfect. say it also again at the end of the show. What's your binary review then, Tyler? I don't know why I said this that's movie- so corny. That was awful. <laughs> So getting back to the show with binary reviews, uh, I'm going to go first. You know, I feel like I never go first to the binary review. And here's what I'm going to say. That's because you go first on literally everything else. Okay, fine. Jordan, go first. <laughs> Ladies first, please. Ooh, binary review is definitely a one out of one. Go see it. I would totally agree with you. Absolutely. Either. Yeah, 100%. Not only should you go and see it, you should you should see it more than one. This is a movie that I, I think deserves 
to be like a box office contender. That's that's what I was about to say. Is like, time, this movie office. deserves your money, mm-hmm. right? The people making it, the people like the the stats, the 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 glamour that comes from this movie charting at the box office matters. I am excited to go see it again. The first time that I went to see it, I actually wore that spiffy Captain Marvel jacket and felt like such a badass. It's because you are such a badass. Can I buy that jacket? Um, it's on hot topic but it is way sold out it has been sold out since the release date yeah Yeah, i'm not surprised yeah that's the one tessa and brizzy have right literally i saw brizzy tweet about it and say thanks at hot topic for the jacket and immediately like from my bed at 7 30 in the morning when i saw that tweet ordered the jacket nice so proud of you so just to just to throw this out there uh captain marvel did have the sixth best opening weekend of all time. Like of any film ever? Of any film ever, yeah. Did it Really? Beat, are there any other Marvel films that beat it? Yes. Infinity War. Infinity War. Okay. That's fair. Had that had that got 640 million. That's beat by Avatar and Phantom. No, uh Force Awakens. No, Infinity War's number 1. Oh, it is. I, I mean, I <laughs> saw Infinity War twice the weekend it opened. Force Awakens was 500 yeah, was awesome. <laughs> 529 million. Force Awakens was sweet. Uh Force Awakens, yeah. Jurassic World, Deathly Hallows Part 2. That's it. Deathly Hallows Part 2? That's amazing. I did not know that any of those movies yeah. did that well. Yeah, I mean, all of these movies are with Half-Blood, Pl- Half-Blood Prince was 394. But out of the top 10, it's like they were all made in the last 10 kind of thing. Right. But right. This still, is not adjusted. This movie deserves your money, and I think it's going to want this to beat things like Aquaman. <laughs> hey, what's the shade for towards Aquaman about now? <laughs> it's just a- another dude. And I think that the, the, this movie is so important and the way Wonder Woman was so important, but I don't mm-hmm. has the chance. This movie has the chance at being like the like girls can do it too movie. Well, so I want to ask you guys a thing um, about this movie. The protagonist was a female, obviously, and yeah. uh, or a, a woman. And did you feel like that in any way made her harder to relate to? No, not no. for a second. So even though it's a movie about a woman, it didn't really matter that it was about a woman. Like she was still highly relatable to everyone. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm a, and, and I'm a straight white dude, and like I totally bought into the character. I totally a, got her story. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I, I related to her hundred percent. And you know what I love? This was this is an important thing that I don't think I've seen mentioned anywhere. There, every Phase One Marvel movie has the the sexy shot. You know, the, the Chris Hemsworth with his shirt off, with the the Scarlett Johansson from behind, the you know the, the uh, Captain America coming out of the thing. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Oh, Captain America that, coming out of the thing. Yes, I do. Yeah, that's not in this movie. No. I don't know. I think her blasting through the ship was uh was pretty sexy, but Oh, yeah. I mean, there's some awesome moments that Right, but it's like, never There isn't like a Oh, this is Brie Larson in a bikini. Right. You know, yeah, like... she's never just wearing a sports bra. It's like she's got like a turtleneck jumpsuit on pretty much the entire movie except for her 9-inch nails t-shirt. Right. <laughs> So like there was no there and that's what was great about it that there was no play like ooh we've got we've got sexy woman superhero let's put her in like a metal bikini right and and they did that with Wonder Woman because of the costume that they chose for Wonder Woman and I think Patty Jenkins made a fine decision with that um, just because I think the way that they told the the story with the um, what's her people called Amazons no they're not Amazons what are they 
Oh God, I knew it, and then it just fell out of my brain as soon as you asked. Same, I know. but the way that way they did it, they did it. I think it worked well. It made sense. It, it all fit contextually. But with, with Brie Larson, they just they didn't even bother. And it's not like Brie Larson isn't ultra sexy. I mean, she's like a like a model. Like if you look at her Instagram, she's always modeling. That's like you, a thing that she. Does. You can currently not look at her Instagram because Instagram is dead. Uh, Instagram. As we are recording this today, Instagram has exploded and is no longer functioning. Did you see the picture of? Uh, uh, Brie Larson in the blue strapless, like backless dress. Oh yeah, like I, I did want. I see. I want the like coolest an, picture ever taken. Yeah, I want like an A four framed portrait of I that. I want my like, back to look like that. Literally, like the next day, I went to the gym with my trainer, and I was like, "Hey, I have a new goal. I want to look like Captain Marvel, please. Thanks." Yeah, I want to be Brie Larson. Yeah, I mean, same, honestly. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. If I can grow up and be as cool as Brie Larson, who is younger than I thought. She's born in 88. Okay, so let's talk a second about uh, if I can grow up to be Brie Larson. When you guys saw the film, did you see any kids in the theater? Oh, yeah. Well, I did I saw like not. I saw like four because I, the theater was pretty much empty mm-hmm. because that's just kind of how it is here sometimes. I went to a... I, I have this problem where I go to particular late showing, so I went to an 8.30 showing. I, I think is a little past when people bring their kids that's to see fair. Captain Marvel. Yeah, so yeah. I went to the very first showing on Thursday, and as we were walking out, there was a little girl dressed up in like a Captain Marvel costume. And she was Aww. just bouncing with excitement. I mean, that's so cool. My my question is, I think that there is clear support for Captain Marvel throughout the non-parent community. My question is, when your son comes up to you, and I think both of you would say, obviously, this is okay. My question is, is the culture there for when a parent's son comes up to them and says, I want to dress up as Captain Marvel for Halloween, or I want this Captain Marvel t-shirt? That's where I think the sexism is going to show more. Interesting. Because I think, like, if you ask somebody, if you ask that parent, what do you think of Captain Marvel coming out? They'll be like, yeah, I don't, cool. There's a female-led superhero movie. That's awesome. So glad. But but I think I think there are parents out there that when they get that question, they become uncomfortable. But I don't think any parent will be uncomfortable if their daughter said, can I dress up as spider I mean, I don't think that, say, I think that there are parents that definitely would still try to enforce the like, but Spider-Man's a boy. Oh, there's like 50 Spider-Man now, so. <laughs> like, yeah, in the last one, Spider-Man Wait, was like, not a white dude. And also yeah. Spider-Gwen, and, and he was a pig. But we're not talking and about that. Asian. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't know. All I know is I, I'm I'm about to be a father, and I know that if my child's favorite hero is Captain Marvel, regardless of their gender, I will buy them all of them. Right. Like I, I think that <laughs> if my child's if my if I have a son and his favorite superhero is Captain Marvel, I feel like I have done something right. I would agree with that. Right. That like I yeah. would I would prefer my kid's favorite superhero to be Captain Marvel over Captain America one hundred out of one hundred times. Ooh, shade at Captain America. Absolutely. I have not been quiet about my Captain America shade on this podcast. (laughs) Captain Marvel did lawful good in a way that Steve Rogers never could. I'll say it right now. Do you think that... Ooh. You think that Captain Marvel was lawful lawful good? good? I don't. I don't. I'd say neutral good at best. No, because she's... She's chaotic good. She's exactly what Steve Rogers is. She's like, I'm with the government. I serve the Kree until the Kree do something against me, and now I serve myself. No, Steve Rogers and Tony Stark are an important literary exercise. Tony Stark is a dynamic character. He grows throughout each movie. It doesn't have anything to do with Tony Stark. I'm talking about Winter Soldier. He wasn't in Winter Soldier. I know, but I'm talking about what makes makes, uh, Steve Rogers such an interesting character is that over three films, he is a static character. He does not alter his beliefs. See, but I I think that that's not true either. 
character. Really? Yeah. Like Steve Rogers absolutely alters his his thoughts and beliefs over time because I mean, his vehement defense of Bucky, even in light of like Bucky has done a bad thing. Um, I think he sort of has that moment of like loyalty to the people who have earned it is more important is more important to me than loyalty to a nameless, faceless government who couldn't care less if I die. I mean, let me let me make it clear. This movie is Winter Soldier. It's the exact same movie. It just happens to also be an origin story. What'd you think? What'd you, what, what, what'd you think of Jude Law? Oh my god, I love him. So are we just are we gonna spoil this? Let's let's knock this out real quick. Are we doing a uh, non-spoiler review? No, Have we we're already doing a spoiler something? review. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, we'll get there eventually. But I mean, are we starting with non-spoiler stuff? Or are we just going, hey, go see Captain Marvel? Heck, you guys, if you don't. I would say, here's the thing. I believe in Captain Marvel's dollar. I believe you should give Captain Marvel your dollar. I really do. I feel bad that I saw it for free. How'd you see uh, it for free? I went to the movies with, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this because you're on the show, but I went to the movies with a YouTuber friend, I is Wolfie, and he works at a theater, so I got him for free. Oh, that makes sense. Yes. I mean, technically my, my work paid for it, so I didn't have to pay for it either. I was so pissed that I couldn't go because he asked me to go as well and I was just like darn it that sounds like so much fun I love Alan speaking of Alan and his mom I have a mom friend at work she's like got kids just a little younger than us like her oldest is three years younger than me so they're it's close in age anyway today she sent me a meme but you know how like young people send people memes of like relevant memes yeah she sent this is the best thing in the world you're gonna love this she sent me a Facebook screenshot of a far side comic Ooh. Perfect. Isn't that total mom friend mom thing you could ever receive? Total mom friend move. I wish my mom sent me memes. Mom, if you're listening, please send us more memes. My mom does not send memes. My mom uses these like knockoff bitmojis that look exactly like her and she sends them all the time. Okay, but I love your mom. Your mom is great. Mary, I love you. Um, no, actually my group chat with my sister and my mom is called Certified Adult Training Program. Jordan, correct me if I'm wrong, just based on everything you've told me though, your mom's absolutely crazy, right? Dude, my mom is awesome. Your mom is a loose cannon. Oh, yeah. She is not okay, afraid cool. to tell you what's on her mind. Just making sure I'm not wrong about that. No, she, you she's mean the great. Certified Adult Training Program, you mean Cat Pee? Yeah, it's literally called Cat Pee. <laughs> oh, I didn't even catch that. Um, But yeah, so back to Captain Marvel, since we're singing all of its so, phrases. So are we spoiling it, though? Like That, that was my question that we somehow got to, to cat memes. Um, it's your podcast. You tell me. Tyler, focus in. Come on. I'm I'm focusing. I'm here. Do we want to spoil it? I say here's here's what I was saying. I think we should give Captain Marvel our dollar. I say if you haven't seen it, we've already got the download from you listening to this podcast because you made it this far. Pause the show, go to the theater, see the movie, and then come back for all the jokes. Retweet. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> so three, two, one. Cool. Spoilers. You saw the movie. I loved Jude Law. That was a twist I was not foreseeing at all. I liked. I I also did not see it coming in the slightest because I've been talking about. I mean. Anybody who's read any Marvel comics pretty much knows that the Skrulls are like a big deal villain. Yeah. See, I maybe I'm just reading into this, but I thought that Jude Law, as soon as he pulled the you have to learn to control your emotions, like, and maybe it's just because I've been told that too many times in my life. I was like, "Mm, I don't like him. I do not like him. Look at that. Look at that. A female lead is extremely relatable to our female guest. I see. I'm uh, Jordan. I'm kind of with you there. I, I definitely saw it being a, a sticking point, but I, I literally figured it was just setting up like, uh, oh, she's going to have to learn to not control, but like harness her emotions. That's how she's going to get her power, which I mean, I wasn't wrong. Like that is what ended up happening. It's like once she figured out that like 
Well, she was she only being limited. Little, yeah. Now, I obviously did not predict off. the the absolute head flip that they pulled on you, which was excellent. But I knew, uh, honestly, more than anything, I just thought that he was like a scroll in disguise. Um, because ooh, can I talk? Can I talk about the scroll in disguise thing real quick? There was one scene in the movie that, I, while I'm thinking of it, we'll we'll get back to this point, please. But um, there was one scene in the movie that I felt like they meant to cut out and they just totally forgot and they left it in on accident. But it was after. It was the scene where he, Marvell, walks into the, like the shed and he sees the scroll, Brie Larson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jude Law's name is not Marvell. Yes, it is. It was no, it's on not. the IMDb page originally. It is no longer. Oh, what is it now? How did you watch an entire movie and not realize who Marvell was? I would actually love an answer to this. I'm very curious. Wait, hold on. Who was Marvell? The the woman. The um. The, the pilot, who, the girl, oh. the person Brie Larson worked for. Yeah. Uh, Larson know. or I'm Lawson very... or... <laughs> Lawson, that's not confusing. Um, I don't know who... I don't I don't remember what Jude Law's name. Jan Rog. Jan Rog. Is his name. Jan Rog comes up to her in like the shed and it just, like that that one scene felt so incomplete to me. He walks in and he's like, who are you? And where'd you get your powers? And who was your first transfusion? And then he kills her and then it just goes back to the rest of the movie like that never happened. There was no like, I don't know. It felt like something was either missing there or something. I don't know. I disagree with that. I thought it made perfect sense. Yeah, that that was an absolutely necessary scene because we needed to know that he knew that she had flipped. Mm. We also needed to know why her blood was blue. Okay, you know what they left out, though? The scene with the blue blood. Am I wrong? It's at the very beginning. It's at the very beginning. Very, very beginning? Yeah, Yeah, her, her, her memory is that she has blue blood. Yeah, her reinterpreted memory. Okay, see, I like completely missed that part. Was it when the scrolls were playing around with her brain at the beginning or was it even no, before then? No, it's right right at the beginning when she sees the attack and and she sees that it was uh Talos instead of Jude Law. Mm, it was her d- dream that yeah, her, kept her, her, her wait. Okay. Sorry. Her I, fake her fake memory. Maybe I just like blacked out for the first minute of the movie or something because I did not remember that but I did remember it from the trailers. Yeah, it was in there. Yes. Um so two quick things about the blue blood and also the the dream that I thought that the movie did really well. So when in that scene, uh, Tyler, that you're sort of being critical of at the moment, um when the scroll Captain Marvel was talking and, and telling about this memory, I loved that they did not make that a flashback, that they just instead kept it in that moment, because if they had made it a flashback, it would have felt like it was actually a memory. Whereas we, the audience, sort of knew or assumed that it wasn't her, that we assumed that it was a scroll, which was really good that they did that. But also, I really, really liked the dream sequence that she had at the beginning, waking up, go waking up, uh, going to wake up Jude Law's character, and like having that be brought back with Maria Rambeau when Maria uh, joked with her and was like, yeah, well, you woke me up early, as you do. And it just, it was great because it's like, look, her character has stayed consistent this whole time, even though she doesn't have memories of her character from then. Right, right. right. It's it's inherent in who she is. She wakes Jude Law up early to fight. She wakes Maria up early to race. Yeah. Yep. And he's all like, you've got to knock me down without your powers. And at the end, she does the Indiana Jones thing. And just blows him to the other side of the field. I was like, oh, that was a great moment. Oh, I know. She's, I don't need to prove myself to yeah. you. He's just, he's jabbering on and just like, you've got to fight me like a woman. I and really like, want to take that done. quote and like put it in my Twitter bio. Oh my God. It was so good. Just, so I have nothing good. to prove to you. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just her her whole character from back to front was was so great. I, I thought that she pulled off the role incredibly well, more so than most of these people do in their in their origin story. I would say with with the possible exception of 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 Tom Holland, I thought that she she did the best like within the the fish out of water moments of her origin story mm-hmm. in in like selling the character who is confused, a little bit scared, but also like trying to keep her wits about her. I thought yeah. she did a really good job of that. I I believed the character the whole time. I really felt her emotions in it, and I I just thought it was a truly extraordinary performance for one of these movies. Yeah, I thought she did extremely well. I I 100% agree with that. Uh, Jordan. Yeah. Um. At no point was I removed from the story for sure, and. And uh, I thought that she was really funny and clever. And some of the criticism that I've seen online was like, oh, you know, she would just like make a quip and then have a funny smile. But like that felt super in character to me. Yeah, same. That's that's what I was trying to get at just now without actually being able to say the words I was trying to say for some reason. That's exact. Thank you for, for catalyzing that in the way I needed. Because um, that's exactly what I was getting at. It's like she would have those moments where she'd do this little like awkward laugh. And it was just like you, you felt like she was just a human living her life instead of somebody that's like trying to act. Mm-hmm. And these movies are definitely guilty of a little bit of overacting sometimes. Yeah. Now, let me let me ask you. You say you were never taken out of the story. How did you feel about the practical effects on the scrolls on the costume? It's not CGI at all. That it's like a costume that they're wearing. Wait, really? Yeah, like Ben Mendelsohn is wearing like a scroll costume. Oh cool um clearly it did not affect you at all yeah (laughs) Yeah. i did not realize i uh, part of that also was i was just way taken with ben mendelsohn's acting like oh my god it was so good of everyone in the movie i feel like he was just the most immersive character um overall like just so good um but yeah, no, the, the costuming didn't bother me at all. Actually, I was really impressed by the de-aging process that they must have had to do for Samuel L. Jackson and, um, what's his name, Greg, who plays Coulson. Um, Clark Greg? Clark yeah, Greg, Clark yeah. Greg. Yeah. Two first names. He looked great. I will say one thing. I was not overly impressed with Sam Jackson in this movie. Really? I thought that he was he played the part a little bit too over the top. Now, maybe we're supposed to see that as this like wide-eyed, fresh face, you know, not worn down by the world Nick Fury, but it kind of was just like he was pulling some performance from a Tarantino movie and trying to put it into a movie where he needed to almost probably be just a little bit less for me. I think here's what I think. I think you can de-age him with CG all you want, but he's still older. Yeah. He's still, you know, like when he acts, he still brings a certain level of being the age that he is to it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I actually thought it was great though. I, I Fury to me was a, a very welcome character. Mm-hmm. I thought the portrayal was wonderful. I think, I think there's a little disconnect between the Fury we see here and the Fury that we meet in 2008 i think those 10 years must have been pretty rough yeah that was that was sort of what i was coming from it's just like it felt like and I, I don't really have a problem with his performance i did i did really like the character i liked the way they interacted together but i could i i would i could have loved just like 10 or 20 percent less on the like oh my god it's a cat type yeah, of thing that's fair i thought him being in love with the cat was hilarious i do too I, I, you're missing my point though I know, it's I not about just, the cat just... the cat shows the softer side but there was too much of the softer side there was just there was just too much of everything it was just it was oh it was just overacted for me. Like right. it was him trying to put on this youthful exuberance and 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 probably just missing it by like ten or twenty percent too much for me. That's it. That's pretty much my only complaint about any of the characters. Um, I thought everybody did a really good job. I think Ben Mendelsohn totally redeemed Ready Player One. I think that we can just forgive him for that now. Yeah, I, I'm on board with that. I'm ready to say Ben, you can you can come be the villain in Hank Green's new book. <laughs> 
Oh, it's 100% about him. That's the thing, though, is it has to be. It's him or Colin Hanks. Yeah, no. I mean, when I was reading, when I was reading An Absolutely Remarkable Thing, once the third act of that book started, I was like, oh, I, this is Ben Mendelsohn. This, this is exactly who he is. Yeah, see, I, I, had, I had Ben Mendelsohn or Colin Hanks. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Um, no spoilers for the book, but. Have you not read no, it? No, I have. Of course I have. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I figured as much. I, uh, no spoilers for the listener. Correct. Gotcha. Yeah. So I mean, it is. Uh, it as soon as you meet the character in act whatever it happens, it is obvious who is going to be the villain. Mm-hmm. That is not what is important about the book. So yeah, uh, Ethan, you expressed a, a complaint about Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson's overacting. Tyler, did you have any complaints or concerns about the movie that you wish were different? No. Uh, I think that there was... Everything could have been a little bit stronger, I think. If there was one thing that I really felt like could have improved, I felt like uh, the super fight choreography was good do you know what i'm saying like the parts where they were like using their powers and stuff Mm -hmm. but the like martial arts side of it just like the hand-to-hand combat i personally feel like was a little dull yeah i can see that um obviously i mean when she goes like all badass carol danvers mode that's i mean like those are awesome moments that that's sweet as can be i would have put uh the makeup on ronan oh yeah black lines i literally thought he was a completely different actor yeah um but uh, i don't know why i would have expected that that's like a an important scene that he's going to meet Thanos. So he puts on like his ceremonial garb. Not right. Just going to destroy Earth. Yeah. He's just going to cleanse a planet real quick. Like that's right. a, that's a normal Tuesday for Ronan, the whatever. Ronan, the accuser. The accuser. Yeah. But it's still Lee Pace. Still the same guy. Um, I would have had more Ronan. Felt like he really was like, they just kind of shoehorned that in. I, I really thought we were only going to see him in little spinny hologram form the whole time. Yeah. Which I mean, I liked Ronan though. There was a lot of, there. oh my gosh, the Star Wars influence in this movie. Did anybody else catch on? catch all that just a little spinny hologram thing spinny hologram thing there was also the trench run with the planes oh my gosh yes and, and oh, that yeah. was great. So um, I loved. Although that, I saw more. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, I, I was just gonna say I, I loved that Maria Rambo's um, call sign was photon because literally, like a photon can pa- can go super long distances and pass through anything without leaving any sort of a trace. And as soon as mm-hmm. I saw that on her on her ship, I was just like, oh, well, she's gonna have an epic flight scene at some point, and it's gonna be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, out of the flight scenes, I definitely got more of like an Independence Day vibe than a Star Wars vibe, because um, there is like legitimately a scene in probably that same canyon in Independence Day. I have to go rewatch Independence Day. There, there was a few moments watching this where I, I felt like I was watching Star Wars again, which is always a happy feeling. But Independence Day, I'm sure, is a, a fine example of what happened as well. Well, I just like um, I, I legitimately think it was the same canyon, right? Like just some random canyon out in the. Southwest. Yeah, basically. Where I'm sure there's like sort of one spot where they're like allowed to do those scenes. Right. That makes sense. And so I guess they, were, they were in Louisiana, but yeah. Probably not super uncommon. What do you think? Uh, so this is sort of a little, little crossover. Jude Law kept saying Minerva. Did he? Yeah, there's a character named Minerva, played by Gemma Chan. Oh my gosh, I loved Yeah, she's Gemma the sniper. Chan. She's so good. How is this a crossover? Minerva McGonagall. Because he also played Dumbledore. Oh. Oh. And there was the scene in Fantastic Beasts too. Yeah, gotcha. Well, he doesn't... Minerva! You know, yeah. I was just so... See, I didn't feel any crossover because I was so immersed in the story. Yeah, Jude Law will do that. It... Jude Law is so He's good. an exceptional acting talent that i think oh is God. fairly often underrated and he's pretty he's so pretty he is aging very well <laughs> i will say that much <laughs> that man as he, he's made some kind of paul rudd-esque deal with the devil mm-hmm. <laughs> keanu reeves also never ages yeah never but keanu ages. reeves was never that good looking either <laughs> 
Fair. See, but I don't think that Paul Rudd is good looking. I think you're in the minority there. That's fine. I think Paul Rudd's pretty handsome. That's fine. Um, so one scene that struck me as one that I didn't like was when they went on to the the ship where the rest of the scroll, well, not the rest of the scroll, but that collective of scroll were hiding. Um, and you saw um Talos pick up like the baseball and tuck it in that immediately put me in like a weird like I would be more defensive even though obviously no one else was supposed to have seen that um but what surprised me is like as soon as they got to that central room and realized that they weren't alone and he called out for people or for the other scrolls if I'm Nick Fury my gun is out at that moment like yeah that that to me felt like uh oh we've been double crossed yeah Absolutely. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Um, you know, and I don't know that I have a, an answer for that. I think that that was just not necessarily I an oversight. Like, but no, I almost felt like I was double crossed as the viewer because I expected the scrolls to turn back, just and they didn't. All of the bad that happened in that moment, and especially because, like, I don't know, maybe it was something that they had in the movie but took out in editing. But uh, Captain Marvel's like transition from the the career, the good guys and the scroll or the bad guys to the flip there was recent enough and sh- and fast enough that like we weren't a hundred percent positive as the audience whether or not we were supposed to believe that and then when you're taken into a situation where suddenly it looks and feels like an ambush i immediately thought oh the scrolls just got inside her head and messed with stuff and then you see it's a bunch of kids and you're like "Mm, what the heck is going on because it looked and felt like an ambush but no one responded violently yeah it just that was the one scene that really stuck out to me as like to the point we were just talking about, uh, I didn't really notice the scene you guys were talking about at all. I didn't think it was weird. I thought that he put the baseball up and then, like, I didn't I didn't feel double-crossed. I just kind of went with it. I don't know if that's, you know, me being silly or what. It just wasn't something that caught my eye. The one time I did kind of feel messed up, and this is probably by design, but it was the time I definitely felt like I missed something, is when she does get um, held by the sc- by the cr- the scrolls and she's hanging upside down they're messing around in her brain the whole time that scene was happening i was like did i f- miss a scene like did i just die for 30 seconds like what is going on here see i and feel I- like that was intentional because they wanted to disorient you as the viewer because she was disoriented i'm sure it was i was just making the comment that that was the only time i sort of felt like there was something that should have been there and wasn't and i'm, I'm sure there wasn't supposed to be there something there i'm sure that was by design that was just a wacky moment where i was like how is she a human now right and i guess they yeah, don't know the I, answer I to that either no yeah i didn't know going into it honestly they give us like this backstory as it's happening that she's this person with these memories but it it took i think this was intentional but it took me a while to realize the human memories were genuinely her memories. yeah same because my brain was like oh she's a Cree. there's no way she could possibly be a human something's going on here like this has to be faked well and and no, i think they disoriented you by by showing you the the Cree blood in the forged memory yeah I think that was intentional. And that it actually turned out to be Jude Law that shot what's-her-name-in-the-face, not Talos. Um, One of the other things about the the upside-down memory scene that I thought was super great is if you were to go back and see that again, knowing the the twist that the Skrulls are actually the good guys, nothing that they're doing is actually all that scary or intimidating. Like They're like, okay, this is where we're looking time-wise, and then we... You know, look at her name. All right, zoom in on the coordinates. No, zoom in on the coordinates. Look at the coordinates. Open your eyes. And, like, nothing that they were doing was actually scary or dangerous. They were just trying to find coordinates. Right. She had the information. And granted, I mean, you know, they probably could have just asked her. way of doing it, yeah. Yeah, we were definitely supposed to believe that they were the bad guys there right until they changed. Mm-hmm. And it was done very well that way, especially with the whole, like, using Ben Mendelsohn as the human and the scroll. I thought that was an interesting choice. I'm not entirely sure how I feel about it, to tell you the truth. I think they got 
got him to sign on and they i'm sure there's a spot in his contract that's like we're going to show my face in this movie i'm and i'm sure yeah it was something to I, that I think effect he watched dark world and was like i'm not getting chris eccleston out of this yeah yeah <laughs> probably but it was just like i don't know it, it's kind of world breaking a little bit because like they would be different people i don't know that was just one thing i don't know th- i don't know that i feel badly about it it's just a, a thing that kind of had my brain hurting a little bit i was like wait a minute is that actually ben Mendelssohn as the scroll as well and it was because i did no research on this movie um it turned out it was and he did a very good job especially with the fake australian accent <laughs> yeah that's a thing yeah that He's was so good. an interesting choice i thought but i think he pulled it off really well it's because he, he, he seems like the villain still but like the sort of friendly open-hearted villain mm-hmm. that'll cook you a meal before he kills you <laughs> um <sighs> what did the you... fact that the scrolls are ugly doesn't hurt them either yes jordan no 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 go ahead um that's all s- do you think the scrolls are ugly that's yes. yes, some of them are hard to look at. But Monica, the Maria's daughter, clearly seemed to think that at the very least their eyes were really nice. That, I think that's the, the beauty of a child right there. Mm, interesting. I like it. You know, the... And maybe I'm reading into this, maybe, but it could also be because, like, Maria's daughter is also, like, a... Could be looked at as, like, a non-standard sort of person in some regards and mm-hmm. sort of has the outsider's point of view there. I like that. That is totally fair. I love the daughter. Yeah, she was great. Yeah. What was her name? Lieutenant Trouble? Yeah. Yeah, she'll be back. She'll be back. Because Maria can't come back, but she'll be back. Yeah, that'll be great. Why can't Maria, Maria come Maria back? Could. She's going to be... She'll be like... She's like 50. Oh. Duh. Takes place in the 90s. <laughs> Duh. I, guess, that, I mean, I guess 50-year-olds can be in these That'd be kind of wild, though, if she, like, <laughs> she like works for S.H.I.E.L.D. or something. Right. <laughs> that'd be hilarious. Just, like, casual, casual, you know shield member that was the th- oh that was it that was the thing that got me that was the thing that pissed me off why does nick fury call it shield it doesn't have a name yet yeah mm, is that breaking the world a little yeah because in the first movie the whole movie is spent by clark Gregg trying to figure out what to call this strategic homeland homeland intervention something in logistics division yeah oh you know what i think that i had missed that yeah the I mean, whole it's the whole iron thing. man movie <laughs> it's yeah but it's not a small thing though because it's it's mentioned so many times in that movie and it's just like a stupid piece of canon to break so what you're saying is that marvel needed to bring you guys in to be their um consistency checkers oh my god would i love that oh that would be amazing that is <laughs> like, can, the job i can you just make the sure there's out there can you make sure there are no canon problems in this movie i, I just crack my knuckles put on a pair of glasses i don't need and settle down with an entire <laughs> like marva made tub full of popcorn that i don't even want <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Like, I've got some listener questions about Captain Marvel. Ooh, let's let's dive in. Uh, first one, these are from our Facebook group, which is free. You can join it, and it's awesome. People have awesome discussions, and they ask cool questions. Facebook group is called Bacon and Eggs Fans. Just search it. It'll ask you how you heard about Bacon and Eggs. You don't have to answer the question. Just click submit, and we'll add But please answer the question. It helps us out. It does help us out, but a lot of people don't. I but literally do. would respond, I don't like market research. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> I'm the worst. Did you take the survey? I do that on YouTube all the Take time. the survey, people. You who haven't taken the survey. Yes, you, listener. Let's look. Yeah. You, you think looking I only at your phone. To this show sometimes. Yeah, you looking at your phone right now to go, how do they know I'm in your head? You, you, take the survey. It's in the description. Listener Probably. Survey. They're useful. <laughs> Maybe. We may not be able to find it. Uh, first question, Facebook group from Joe Higgins. What did you guys think of the way Fury lost his eye and what it means in past Marvel movies about his intimidation tactics? I, I thought it was first. 
But I won't go first. I thought it was perfect. I agree. Because, like, he's such a... And even then, it, like it, at the end of the movie, you see him telling Coulson that, like, it's some total BS story about what happened. He's, oh, he's yeah. He's going with the, I can neither confirm or deny the validity of these rumors. Or whatever it is he says. great. And he it's like, uses it to allow rumors to spread. Right. Mm-hmm. That is the moment. When, when he realizes that he got his eye clawed out by a cat, and he's like, I'm Nick Fury. I can't okay. tell people this. Nick Fortnite Everybody Fury, sir? back off. His... I was clawed out by a flurkin. Okay. Yeah, threat level high. Yeah, it's not just some cat. No, it's I agree. But like, what are you gonna? How are you gonna explain that to people? Even then, they're just gonna be like, "Is is that? That's the cat, right? That's a cat." You mean that cat? Because <laughs> obviously, obviously, Goose isn't gonna just like pull the tentacles out and like. <laughs> Fun fact: the Goose people. was played by four different cats. Really? Yeah. Which is wild because also- Goose is also primarily CGI because Brie Larson's allergic to cats. <gasps> oh. So every sad. scene. Every scene where Brie Larson is on screen with the cat, uh, the cat is not actually there. It is a puppet, I'm which dead. I can only hope, I can only hope was just Andy Serkis underneath the table, like, muppeting a cat. Oh, that would be too good. Uh, Salem from the old Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I'll tell you this. I know that Super Carlin Brothers has another called it with that one. I'm ready for the t-shirt. We're working on it. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, I'll buy it. Actually, one. more specifically, I believe uh, Vaishan is working on it. You guys is call out really? to him. <laughs> Dude, his his artwork is phenomenal. Would it be weird for me to call out like his Instagram page or something right now? Oh, definitely do no. not feel weird about that. We call it out every week. I anyway. think it's call graphite.vmb. It is that right? It yep. is. And yep. it just everything that he makes is incredible. And if you need design work, he great. And he will be on the show next week. Oh, that's so exciting. Yep. Yeah, this We're is talking... Vaishan's uh, 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 podcasting debut talking Get Out. <gasps> yes. Yes. This, is our, this is also Bacon and Eggs horror film debut. Yes, we are doing Get Out and Us. Oh, that's that's going to be so much fun. And I I'm am horrified. terrified. Yeah, we do not do horror well as a unit. I've Neither seen Get do Out. I, although I have seen Get Out. I've seen Get Out. Tyler has not seen Get Out. I, I look oh, forward so to listening scared. to your interpretations. Us looks horrifying. All right, Um. so back to what the listener question was, which was something along the lines of uh, Nick Fury's intimidation tactics. I'm assuming that's related to the uh, <clears throat> last time I trusted somebody, I lost an eye in, in my really bad male imitation voice. Mm-hmm. Um. But like, yeah, he's just great at what he does. Yeah, he's a spy. Yeah. Like, this is the whole point. Right. That's that's the point I was trying to make that I forgot about. Thank you again for reminding me. You guys just helped me out so much this episode. Really putting the words that I need in my mouth, in my mouth. When Nick Fury gets his eyes clawed out by the cat, that is the moment where he becomes Nick Fury, where he becomes this international man of mystery to lift a totally inappropriate term. Um, but yeah, that's where he becomes Nick Fury, where he becomes this enigma, where like nobody knows really what's going on in his head. You just reminded me, if, if Idris Elba cannot be James Bond, like if they just won't cast him, can he be Austin Powers? I want him to be James Bond. As do I. Speaking have you of, seen Idris, speaking you seen of Idris, Idris Elba, Elba in the in the Hobbs and Shaw trailer? Yeah. There are, there are people here on God's Green Earth that are not excited for that movie to come out, and those people are not my friends. That movie looks awesome. Ethan, I have yep. bad news for you. Are you not excited for Hobbs and Shaw? I am not excited for another Fast and Furious movie. This I one has nothing to do with the Fast and the Furious. I know, Hold on. But Jordan, what is your problem with the Fast and the Furious? Did you like this movie? This movie as in Captain Marvel? Captain Marvel, yeah. Yes. This is the 21st Iron Man movie. That's fair. <laughs> there are like nine Fast and Furious films. Also, they, they have taken the Fast and the Furious movies to a completely different level now. It is no longer right. about car chases. It is about saving the world from supervillain Idris Elba. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. 
Anyway, I'm excited for Hobbs and Shaw, regardless of the fact that it's in the... They could have made this movie in any universe. They're just using established characters. Yep. Literally, you could have said... You could have not even given them characters and just say, The Rock and Jason Statham are saving the world. Yeah, pretty much. From Idris Elba. <laughs> yep. Um, I'm what you call a champagne problem. <laughs> Uh, Tyler, do we have more viewer, viewer questions? Wow, I just cannot speak today. We do. We do, we do, we do. Um, this one says, this is the best news. No question. Just tell Jordan I love her. Oh, uh, that, that from? That is from Pepper. Aw, thanks, Pepper. I love you, too. Uh, I have a bunch of questions from Becca. I'm not going to say they're all from Becca, but they are. Okay. Uh, <laughs> she does that. <laughs> how, how do you think Goose is going to play into Endgame? I don't think that Goose is going to play into Endgame. I, yeah, I don't foresee a, a second Goose appearance. Yeah, I don't either. Either that or it's a Goose defeats Thanos kind of thing. <laughs> okay. Where like everybody else fails and them? then all of a sudden Goose is just like... <laughs> just so I can make that noise again. Have you seen the <laughs> meme picture where it's Thanos' face and he's got like the three cuts on the one side of his face? Oh no. my god. And it's like... <laughs> Definitely, this could have been caused by Goose or another Flurkin. <laughs> oh, my God. I think the word Flurkin is underrated. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just the fact uh-huh. that, like, the scanner is, like, Flurkin, threat level, high, human, male, threat level, low to none. And if you're <laughs> like, that thing must be broken. <laughs> yeah, that bad cracked news. Me up. Um, flurkins are dangerous. Turns out. Turns out. And he's holding the cat like a gun. Just like, hit him. Do the thing. <laughs> Get of goose. Uh, why was here's my question. Here's your little uh little theory you can you can uh, work on. Mm-hmm. What is Goose doing at Shield? Um, I mean, Fury just claims that he adopted a cat. Maybe finds him just like on some random level. Oh, I think it was um. It was Maria, uh, not Maria. Um, it was Marvel's. Yeah, it was Marvel's cat. Yeah. Oh. And she's Cree, so like it would make sense that she had encountered a Flurkin at some point. Yeah, that's the real question. Is like, what is the Flurkin doing on Earth? Why is it allowing itself to be domesticated? <laughs> um, so cute. I'm gonna go with. Pre- protecting his Cree owner, her Cree owner. I don't know. Is Goose a boy or a girl? Does it matter? Nope, not really. It's a Flurkin. We don't even know if they have gender. Uh, That is accurate. (laughs) Um, It is an exceptionally cute cat. Oh my God, so cute. cute. I literally went home and cuddled my cat much harder. Have you seen the the pictures from South Korean Twitter where they were taking their cats in like silly poses and putting them on onto the Captain Marvel poster? I have done that meme at this point. (laughs) I have two cats and they both make awesome flurkins. Oh man, what a wild, that was the wildest twist, was when Goose's face just opened up and it was all tentacles and murder, and it <laughs> so swallowed cute. the Tesseract. That was great, that was my favorite is that, thing. Is there a problem there? Wasn't the Tesseract on the ship with Captain America? Yeah, it fell through the floor and was lost to time. Yeah, did it? Where, yeah, I, it burned a hole through the floor. Burn, oh, of the ship he was in in Captain America Yeah, Avenger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, before he goes into the ice. Yeah, it, it was lost at sea. No. I'm assuming that our our Cree doctor, inventor, pilot friend was in some way responsible for recovery. I mean, God only knows. They could keep making histories of the Tesseract as long as they want to, and I'm going to keep finding it interesting. Yep, that's accurate. Like, if they want to make Avengers, a Tesseract story that just tells <laughs> the timeline of the Tesseract from the point where it fell through the floor of the spaceship to the point where it ended up where it ended up in what's-her-name's ship. Yep, that's a thing. So you've got, I don't know, 30... 40 years to play with there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm sure that the the actual comics touch on that at some point. Well, it's it's weird because the MCU has had enough issues now to where they are their like 
own canon. Yes. Yeah. And separate from the comic canon. Right. Like there's obviously inspiration, but it's inspiration in the same way that like when they make a new Spider-Man story and they change up his origin story, there's still some like Uncle Ben nonsense going on. Yeah. Like Miles Morales had both of his parents alive. Right. Because Uncle Ben's not Miles Morales' uncle. Right. But we know who his uncle is the Prowler. Yeah. His uncle is the Prowler. That's not a secret. I don't know. Maybe spoiler for Spider-Verse if somebody hasn't seen it yet. That's a spoiler for Homecoming. Yeah. Aaron Davis is in Homecoming. Yeah. He's Childish Gambino. Yep. Yep. Sorry. I was just thinking very recent. I haven't even seen Spider-Verse. <gasps> Sorry for giving you spoilers, man. I really don't care. Um, That's not I, like a spoiler. I also have my own set of not giving about Spider-Verse when it comes to the MCU because it's not part of the MCU. It could be. It's not, though. <laughs> it's not going to be. Yeah. So... I, are we all on the same page that Goose will probably not appear in Endgame? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, not. I, I don't. I don't foresee a future Goose appearance outside of a cameo. Maybe like a Howard the Duck has Goose in Guardians Three, directed by Alfonso Cuarón. Please, for the love of God. Yeah, I'm down for that. <laughs> that would be so interesting. <laughs> be such a new take. All the music is Spanish. Yeah, <laughs> Peter Quill gets really into flamenco. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Is, uh, that would be so good. If Peter Quill even survives Endgame, they might just kill him at this point. I, I don't think you can kill Chris Pratt. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I think of the universe tried. <laughs> the Chris sins Pratt of the director may be visited upon the actor in that one. <laughs> unpopular <laughs> opinion alert, Chris Pratt is my least favorite Chris. Uh, oh, no. Chris Pine is my least favorite it. Chris. Chris Pine is your least favorite Chris? Absolutely. Are you kidding me? Uh, shocks me okay it's he's not in the mcu but no but he's as far as far as the four chrises go look okay uh, here's how it is for me as as far as chris is on a level you've got in this order it's hemsworth obvi yeah not even a question evans, i don't know man evans with hold the on. beard is, is hold on no no, no. Let, let me finish let me finish hemsworth evans without the beard pratt walkin pine <laughs> evans with the beard Ooh. and you could slot any number of Chris's in between Chris Pine and Chris Evans with the beard. It's the worst thing to ever happen. Ever. I would just like to say that Chris Evans with the beard is my top Chris every time. <laughs> That's so wild. He has an amazing jawline and he just ruins it's it like, with an awful it's beard. Like, it's rude to beard guys and it's rude to jaw guys all at the same time. I don't know. Because he's got a great beard and a great jaw. It's also like we already had two Chris's in the MCU who necessitate beards. That's fair. It's like you you, Pratt you can't have Chris Pratt without a beard. Chris Pratt has a beard? Yeah. What? Did, yeah. Did, did, what? I'm having, I'm having a hard time picturing his jaw. Look at that. He's got a little beard. Yeah. All right. Like, back, back to the question at hand because we've gone way off of Captain Marvel now. Oh, uh, we just do that. I know. This show's about 50% Captain Marvel discussion. I know, but I liked Captain Marvel and I want to talk about <laughs> it, dang it. Okay, so <laughs> what was the question? It, we were waiting on a new one because we all decided that Goose wasn't going to oh, yeah, be in Goose, Endgame. Yeah, he might yes. have a cameo, but I don't think there's any room in Endgame. Uh, what do you think about the fact that they don't say the name Captain Marvel in the movie? I thought that was kind of weird. That there was no, yeah. like, I'm Captain Marvel moment. That was a right. weird like, choice, I agree. Especially yeah. if they included Marvel as a character, where she could have easily been, like, like, adopting that name. Right, like, every superhero has that movie, that moment where they get their name. Yeah. You need the roll credits moment. <laughs> right, exactly. The, oh, roll credits. Uh, yeah, I, I was sad that they did not include that. Because going forward, she's going to be called Captain Marvel, and we're not really going to understand why. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think they've ever referred to Natasha as the Black Widow. Yeah, but she doesn't matter at all. She can oh, calm God. the Hulk. That's a pretty important power. I I'm don't sorry, where was the Hulk in, in Infinity War? Where was Captain Marvel? Uh, she was in the post credit scene. Right, but like, why wasn't she helping out? I'm sure we'll find this out, but like, I still think that's bullshit. Yeah, is TV it um, end of April yet? 
No. There, there is a there is a censored interview answer of Brie Larson and Sam Jackson basically saying that it is explained in Infinity War why she wasn't called for Ultron or Loki. It's explained in Endgame? It's explained in Endgame. Okay. I will accept that until I see Endgame. Right, but she should have been called for Thanos. Well, the, Thanos was only there for like an like 20 seconds when she was called. Uh, no, I think they should have called her from the minute that Squidward landed on Earth. I wouldn't have. They've had all sorts of threats like that. No, I don't Squidward think so. Squidward landing on Earth was no worse than like, uh, Sokovia. Yes, it was. That was immediately worse. I mean, was the attack on New York not worse than Squidward and... <laughs> that was like that, but with way more bad well, guys. No, I think that she should have been called for that too. I think that, that if you're going to in- introduce this kind of hero, it's kind of a cop out to just like back end it and be like, oh, well, we have a very valid reason reason why she wasn't involved she was totally off looking for a new scroll homeworld i think the reason she wasn't called for uh avengers was because fury wanted to because fury's the only one that can call her and i think fury wanted to prove that the avengers could work i like that that was the whole well i mean no the reason she wasn't called for avengers because they hadn't thought of that yet well let's be really clear here well yeah she was not like there was no plan she was not part of it but like and, and that's the thing that always bothers me is when the when they try to come up with with canonical reasons that usually end up being kind of bs as to why their canon breaking stuff doesn't break canon gonna be retconned yeah exactly yes. and that that just okay. always drives me nuts is that like you you can't just say like yeah well we didn't think of it yet but we decided to drop her in the 90s anyway i liked her in the 90s i liked the 90s music i liked the I th- I think again not the point i made but <laughs> i know i know but i'm just it's almost the, like I'm... you're in the demographic who would be nostalgic for the 90s oh tyler doesn't get nostalgia don't yeah i do get nostalgia you guys, you guys have the wrong understanding yeah because you sit here on the show like i hate things that are nostalgic it's stupid i don't get why people do that no it, that's not it it's i honestly think watching this movie there there was like a huge push of 80s nostalgia and i think we're about to see a huge push of 90s nostalgia where like mid 90s came out last year and this just came out and like you know movies about a decade are going to be about the 90s for the next few years and i think the the time that i will end up being most nostalgic for will be the 2000 even though i was born in 92 i was eight years old when the when the turn of the century happened uh you know i, I have some childhood memories of that but like the music i listened to in high school and the music that like mattered to me that's all 2000 and i'm i'm this was like a weird feeling for me for there to be like uh this takes place in the 90s and for me to have been alive during that where instead of you know instead of being like an 80s movie that i have no connection to like the 80s does not exist to me That's see now fair. i'm just imagining a future superhero fight scene set to like misery business oh my god no <laughs> i mean like yes set to face down by red jumpsuit app <laughs> no i definitely think misery business like yeah if if yeah, we'll have Marvel another we're supposed to take place in the 2000s yeah we'll make like a negasonic teenage warhead movie <laughs> i would say you could also throw some the black parade some muse music in there but uh twilight ruined that so muse was in twilight yeah supermassive black hole and uh, probably yeah. their best album hmm. or at least my favorite one of theirs that's a whole different discussion for a whole different day for a whole different podcast. <laughs> uh, but no, next, Tyler, next here's question. here's the thing, though, is I don't know that you're going to get that 2000s nostalgia, to be honest. I think we will. I think I th- it'll I come think up. We will. I don't I don't know, because the 2000s were just kind of a like utterly lawless wasteland Ethan, when it came to music and movies and everything. But nostalgia but so is so 80s. easy to capitalize on and the at 80s the end were of not the day, it's just it's just about making money that's exactly right but i don't think they're gonna i don't think you can make you know 2005 the movie like you made mid 90s 
All right, I would like to um, take this bet now that in the next 20 years, there will be a movie that is strictly made with like 2000s nostalgia in mind and that the plot kind of doesn't matter. And the only thing that drives it forward and drives people to the box office is nostalgia for the, the 2000 aughts. See, the thing is, is I just don't think you can get the those kids to agree on what type of music they want to hear out of it. Oh, I think you can. I think, but that's the thing is they, they jumble it up so much after the fact. Like this, uh, this movie had songs from all different years of the 90s. It wasn't like they picked a one week that Carol Danvers was on Earth and hit the top 40 from that week. No, I agree. You know? But like, you're talking like anywhere from like Millennium by the Backstreet Boys to, you know, the entire invention of like pop punk and the, the like teenage neon alternative rock scene. I think you have all of it. But like, like Mean Girls was 04, and that has like a very distinct mid 2000s look. Heck, look at uh, the the music video that Ariana Grande just put out with all of the massive nostalgia for all the chick flicks and stuff. And that's just a music video. No, 2000s nostalgia is going to be huge. We'll see. Yeah, it's coming. We'll see. It was sort of a dark time for movies. Did Super Carlin Brothers put out a video of which a vendor is a scroll? Yes, that was the Tuesday video. Tony and Spider-Man Homecoming. Well, why don't you go watch the video and tell us, Tyler? Yeah, I actually am, am being cautious to avoid the scripts that we have written related to Captain Marvel. Like, I did not read any of them, so anything that I'm saying here, if it is similar to what gets put up, that is purely coincidental. Tony from Spider-Man. Okay. Anyway, uh, so, so, um, dang, I had a question, and it just, as soon as I opened my mouth, it was gone. Oh, I hate that. 2000s nostalgia, scrolls. No, 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 no. I was trying to get back to the movie. Let's bring it back around to the movie. Let's just... Yeah, let's, back let's do another viewer question. I've got those. This is a um, new thing that we don't normally do. I know. How hard do you stand Agent Coulson on a scale of 1 to 10? It actually says 9 to 10, but I'm going to give you a whole scale. Um, Like a 2? Yeah, I thought it was a weird thing yeah, to include. Just, I mean, I was excited. I was like, oh, yeah, it's the guy from the thing. But, I, you know, whatever. He had a nice heroic death and, you know. That was that should have been it. I don't I don't really care about Tahiti. Yeah, my oh, my thoughts place. on Agent Coulson were it's sort of our first timeline introduction to him and like, oh, hey, that's cute. And he I don't know, it, it does establish him as a more neutral good character. Like he trusts Fury more than he trusts other people, and I thought that that was a good moment. But other than that, a, hey guys i'm still at the blockbuster like that was that was funny but it was just a comic release yeah, moment i mean for sure he could have been in this movie or not been in this movie it would have made no difference to me yep yeah i'm with you there 100 percent. so uh, go ahead. what what was the best part of this movie for you guys like where 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 were you sold the i mean it was in the third act when she does the like the thing that was super satisfying for me it was the uh what i'm calling the chumba wumba moment um the i get knocked down and i get back up again like straight up i was sitting in the theater trying really hard not to cry thank you for that yeah. earworm as well <laughs> you're welcome that'll be stuck in my head all night now <laughs> i get knocked down but i get up again but i get up again yeah and that's actually, a song they could have literally included in this soundtrack see but i feel like it would have been too cliche two on the nose for sure yeah but what the thing is every human being has experienced that moment every person has experienced the you get knocked down and you can get up and do the thing again or you can just stay down. Right. Yeah. And she's just such a badass. She just gets up and keeps fighting. And actually, I think the most satisfying moment in the whole movie for me was the I don't have to prove to you. Oh, yeah. Moment. Uh, that was sweet. That was everything. When she just wrecks Jude Law. Yep. That was awesome. What I was, song? I was there for that. What song? Oh, yeah. I love that one. What song was it? The battle scene set to? Um, Not Bad Reputation. One. 
I really enjoyed that. Like, normally I'm not crazy when they bring, like, popular music. Good use of of song instead of score. Mm -hmm. Um, I really enjoyed that. I could have lived without a Nirvana cameo. I'm gonna be really- It's the 90s, man. So tired of hearing about Nirvana. It's the 90s, bro. Like, you just- it's not gonna go away. I guess. I don't know. I mean, it's a good song, but like, it just felt, that felt too cliche for me. That's fair. Let me ask you, let me ask you, uh, the Stan Lee tribute, not the cameo, but the, uh, the opening credits. I cried. I cried. Yeah. What was going on and it was just all Stan Lee. I was just like, okay. I cried and I handed a tissue to the person sitting next to me. Yeah. (laughs) Hard hitting way to start a movie. Uh, I was in a full theater and there was applause and cheering when it happened. Oh my gosh. What a man that was tough that was a tough moment oh. although i have trouble taking the marvel opening crawl seriously now because i've watched the director's commentary for thor ragnarok where taika waititi just like narrates the opening mm-hmm. and just like sings the little song i haven't seen <laughs> this but now i need to oh yeah he's just sitting there like of stud marvel studios that's not the right accent but oh my gosh marvel stud tens yeah he's just he's narrating the whole like from the very beginning the director's commentary i normally don't buy dvds or watch director's commentary but the director's commentary for thor ragnarok might be one of the greatest things i've ever experienced Taika is everything. So, if you have not seen that, I would recommend. I'm happy to loan the DVD around. Yes, please. Yeah. He has, or the I, I would also like to see it. He has said that he doesn't want to do Guardians 3. Yeah, he, he wants somebody else to do it. Which I think was interesting, because he was, like, the obvious choice, I felt like. I disagree. I don't think that they should... I don't think that they should let other people... Like, I, th- I I like the fact that they all have different directors. I want Patty Jenkins. Who's Patty Jenkins? Wonder Woman. Haven't seen it. Uh, she did Wonder Woman. I'll take another Favreau film. He's been up in his game lately since 2008. We'll see. We'll see about that Lion King thing. It looks sweet. You know what looks sweet? Aladdin. Whoa. Oh my gosh, yeah. I was so yeah. excited for the latest trailer. As soon as there was the moment with the dancing hand, that that was it for me. I'm like, cool, this is going to be a good movie. I'm going to see it. What's wild is that in our Discord server, we have a ton of like super Disney stands. And you guys know who I'm talking about. Ye out there listening. And you also may be this person. You also, yeah, that's what I'm saying. If if you think that it's you, it's probably you. Um, And yet they're all not excited for Aladdin. And I'm the one sitting in Discord defending the Disney movie. And I just want to say that that is a weird feeling for me. Well, how do I join <laughs> the Bacon and Eggs Discord? You go to patreon.com slash bacon and eggs. Only $3 a month. Did you know that for $36 a year, you could be a member of the Bacon and Eggs Discord that is server? Less you know how one Lego coffee per year. Do you know how much a Lego coffee costs? $37. $37. (laughs) Dead. Drink overpriced coffee. That'll be $37. Awesome. Awesome. I'm just going to throw it out that the Carlin Brothers coffee is not $37. Unless Uh, you live in Australia, in which case I'm pretty sure it is. Sorry. (laughs) Shipping sucks. Uh, That's just kind of the way it goes. I can't say yet that we're fixing that, but like there is a thing that should be launching soon. Just in case I didn't even know that. I was just making a shipping joke because shipping sucks if you don't live in America and are trying to buy something from America. Retweet. The truth is, I mean, Carlin Brothers Coffee, you can get a mug, you can get beans, you can get a coffee logo, vinyl sticker. If you're a sticker fan, you can get a Carlin Brothers Coffee vinyl sticker, a copper tea tin. I don't even know what that is. I think you put your tea in it. Yeah, it's for people who do real fancy tea stuff. I think it like saves it, but also doesn't uh, make it absorb the flavor it's people i'll be real you, with you and i'm not just sitting here trying to shill the thing that we're shilling but i bought a coffee grinder specifically so i could buy my carlin brothers coffee in whole bean form and let me tell you it's better like that well i would imagine it's fresher yeah 
there is just something about the way that coffee smells when you fresh grind it that is unmatched. For $30, you can run through six walls because that's a six pack of Carlin <laughs> coffee. And I will give you 10% off. Promo code bacon. They recommend when you drink the Carlin Brothers coffee that you dilute it in some form. For the cold brew. I, recommend- I would recommend straight to the face. I, yeah, I would recommend instead of diluting the coffee, dilute the wall you're going to run. <laughs> yeah. I remember it was Spray before it was before the meetup. I was drinking a bottle of Carl, Carlin Brothers cold brew. And Ben was like, you want some water to go with that? I looked him dead in the eye and I was like, no, it's my second <laughs> bottle today. Just like actively twitching. We were like, we were like jumping. I'm like, an, I, truth be told, I'm more of an introvert than an extrovert when it comes to these things. Like I get drained quick i was so jazzed oh i was everything the cold brew does the trick it is very strong uh if you are nursing pregnant or maybe come pregnant i would not recommend <laughs> going anywhere near it um i'm pretty sure that doctors don't rec- uh, recommend no coffee for pregnant women at like Look, if you're thinking about ever having a kid i would not go near the Carl- <laughs> brothers cold brew Here's the, here's the truth about, uh, at least my doctor anyway, uh, Emily is allowed one cup of coffee a day or one sip of Carl and Miller's cold brew a day. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> no, but you really, you really, if you do buy it, you might want to dilute it, but I would recommend just taking a little, little itty bitty sip and seeing if you can, if you can handle it. I like it over ice. I mean, cold brew is designed to be drunk over ice, which is, um, which is We call that, that on the rocks. Mm, okay. <laughs> I prefer my Carlin Brothers cold brew neat. <laughs> Room temperature. <laughs> no, that's a lie. Can I tell you? Can I tell you something I've been doing lately? Have I talked about this in the podcast? Room temperature water is a priority. You talked you about it a lot? on your vlog for sure. Did yeah. R.I.P. Tyler's vlogs, 2019 to 2019. <laughs> you know, I think I think they will make a comeback. Uh, Tyler, but I they will were make not... vlogs when you make vlogs. No, 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 no. I think they will make a regular comeback. I was not getting the joy out of it that after after trying it for a month that I felt like I needed in order to continue doing it. But I wanted to give it an honest effort and I felt like I wasn't putting on a product that I believed in. And I just I, I will return to it uh, when I feel like I can put out the product to a level that I'm comfortable with. And I'm not expecting to put out a perfect product. I just, that's you know what I'm saying? That's excellent rationale. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, no, for sure. Literally, that's why I quit grad school. Right. <laughs> anyway, room temperature water is great if you're going to go sing. Room temperature water is great if you want to drink a lot of water. I am a cold water stan. Mm-hmm. I like I like water out of the refrigerator, thirsty. but not ice water. Yeah, I I can I can get behind that. Um, I like my water neat. Speaking of, I could go for I could go for a water right now. I just drank a Lacroix. This podcast not at all sponsored by Lacroix, but Lacroix is dope. Not a fan, not honestly. Literally dope. Well, you know. That's an okay thing for you to be, but I disagree with you because it is dope. LaCroix, if you're listening, get in touch. <laughs> we are not opposed to drink-related sponsors. I will shill the out of LaCroix. Uh, they're probably sitting there listening like, yeah, you already do, though. Hey, it worked no for more free ads, LaCroix. Hank and uh, Metamucil. That's right. Hank Green, if you're listening. Yep, this is two shill- This is Two free LaCroix ads. You get no more. There's one on the vlog, one on the um, on I'm the pod. A, I'm a room podcast. Temperature water guy. On the podcast. Yeah, so this is our flagship content. 
Why uh, Discord just give me a notification? You know who's tough know. enough? You know who's tough enough to drink Carlin Brothers cold brew straight out of the bottle? Captain Marvel. I was gonna say Carol Danvers, but yep, that works too. Carol Danvers, which I thought was a weird way to address the whole uh, Vers part of her name being left on the dog tag. But I did when I, when I saw that 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 was how she got the name Veers, I was like, ooh, that was good. That it was, was good storytelling. You just that was you just ripped good. my heart out of my chest. I also loved that they kept the rest of it. Yeah. Dude, yeah. okay, so can we we talk briefly for a second about the relationship between Carol Danvers and Maria Rambeau? Yeah, go for it. Um, do you have any initial thoughts on it before I open up a can of worms? I don't know what you're I about. want this can of yeah, worms. Yeah, I'm so curious now. What is Did it feel a little bit like queer baiting to you? No. I don't know what that means. So uh, queer baiting is when a character or characters are not given explicit romantic love interests of the opposite gender, and you see them in very significant and or intimate moments that aren't necessarily romantic, but just are intimate with a character of the same gender. Um, a, a big example of this would be Sherlock and Watson from the BBC version of Sherlock, um, just Watson's constant insistence that I'm not gay and uh, Sherlock not really having a love interest until the woman. Um, and even then not really being a love interest. Uh, but yeah, there were some moments where like with Monica still having all of, all of Carol's stuff and like knowing the backstory of all of the pictures and everything that it felt a little bit like if that was a thing that you ever paid attention to, if you were looking for queer representation in the MCU, given that we are now 21 movies in and there has been no canonical representation of LGBT anywhere, um, it just felt a little bit like, I don't know, they were trying to appease people who were looking for that representation, but did it in a way that was very much, we don't want to upset any of the fanboys or fangirls who wouldn't want Captain Marvel to potentially be queer. Interesting. 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 Uh, I, 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 I know. You didn't, you didn't see that or, or, or feel that that was a thing and that is a thousand percent fine like it was an interpretation that i literally spent like two two or three hours yesterday talking with other specifically women on the internet who identify as something lgbt seeing who had seen captain marvel seeing if they got that interpretation as well and there was a mixed bag of responses some people were like yeah it was definitely queer baiting like they were just trying to make it look like they were you know a gay couple in the 90s who were raising a daughter and other people who were like no they were just friends to me they seemed like professional partners not not romantic partners in any way <coughs> i i think the lack of love interest at all for carol danvers is the most valuable way to tell the story i kind of tend to agree with that i also think that like they're probably about as 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 queer or as gay as everybody in the military is i have a lot of friends in the navy that would probably identify very heavily with their relationship mm, that's interesting um, and I think that that's not necessarily something that we talk about a whole lot, uh, especially with the, the whole don't ask, don't tell thing that went on. But at, at the end of the day, I, to me, and granted, I, I'm not a person that identifies with these things. And so therefore I wasn't on the lookout for, it, and it's not something that necessarily is on my radar, but to me, it felt like they were trying to sort of hammer home the importance of this friendship. And if it was a romantic thing, 
then that's one thing, but it was not explicitly stated. And I do think that it not being explicitly stated was an important thing because I think it would have cheapened the character, even if it was a sort of non-standard relationship. Because I liked the fact that this movie could stand on its own without some sort of love interest. And that's a totally fair and valid comment that like Captain Marvel does not need a love interest to be an interesting story. Um, Correct. And as far as... Sorry, go ahead. I think if down the line, like if down the line, I just missed something and they're like, oh yeah, Carol Danvers and and Rambo. Mm -hmm. What's her name? Maria Rambo. Maria Rambo. Maria Rambo were, you know, a couple. And here's the line I think they could have included if that were the case that I think would have, I don't think would have been subtle enough that people wouldn't have gone nuts. But I think had they, if if Monica, the daughter said, you're like my second mom. Mm. I think at that point you've got, the queer baiting, you've got the, you, you've got it all there. Would be because she said auntie. To me, that is, that is a sibling, like love, like a sister relationship. Right. It's like she was there for Maria when Maria when Maria needed somebody, needed a friend, needed a confidant, needed help, as opposed to needed romance. Romance. I like that perspective, and I think that that was not something that in any of the conversations that I had had got specifically brought up. But yeah, I really like that that thought and that commentary. But it was it was something that sort of stuck with me afterwards because I was like, um, I I was wondering about it because it they were stressing the importance of that relationship and that significance, and there were you know a couple of moments that if and, and I think maybe this is what my biggest thought was is if Maria Rambo's character had been a guy, would those moments have felt more romantic explicitly because it was a man maria rambo's character like i I see what you're saying but maria rambo's character couldn't have been right i understand because of the whole they they were in that position because they were women because they Mm -hmm. were looked at as lesser by the military therefore they weren't allowed to be combat pilots so they had to find their niche being test pilots right and so that which i thought was a very cool oh yeah yeah i did as well i thought that was an interesting way of attacking the dynamic and sort of bringing it up from there um but no i I think that you could definitely alongside of the lgbtq narrative that's going on right now there is also not necessarily an equally important but an an equally loud narrative of hey homosexual people i mean heterosexual people specifically heterosexual guys it's okay to 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 love your friends to tell your friends that you love them and to develop these important and deep and intimate relationships Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to and that's like a big thing that's going on right now a big push and you know I, i definitely think that that the lgbt community time will come in the MCU. I think that they're currently atoning for a lot of things right now and with this movie and with Black Panther and it's sort of like you can only sort of pick one battle at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, right, because you pick too many battles and then people are just going to use it as a reason to dislike the movie. Exactly, exactly. It's just not, because people are already looking at this movie as some sort of, you know, obviously it's a it's a minority, but a fairly vocal minority of people that are looking at this movie as some sort of anti-male tragedy. Oh my gosh. Did you see the one that was like, it's anti-male because they had Fury washing dishes? Right. Yes, like, what that. the? That's so- I laughed And that's the thing so is you've just hard. got these, you've got these dude bros just trying to find any reason to be upset about it, honestly. And it's just, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, they said for months that it was going to happen and then it happened and nobody's really surprised. Yep. You know, just, I mean, it's, it's sad. It really is. And you know, 10 years ago, I might have felt like that. I really have no idea. But today, in 2019, I have definitely realized that, like, that sort of discussion is absolutely moronic. Mm-hmm. Like, there could be nothing more stupid than hating this movie and this character because she's a woman. Yeah, it's 2019. We don't do that anymore. Right. Like, it, it's just, it's it's a non-starter. It's a complete 
non-issue for, I think, most of the rational world. I would hope at least. I I like that you said rational world because that just feels like exactly definitionally what it is. Well, because, I mean, at the end of the day, most of the people that truly care about the MCU and... And, and truly get into it. It's like, it's not the same sort of toxicity you have with Star Wars. It's almost working the other direction. The people that really care about the MCU are like, yeah, Captain Marvel's a great choice. Like, she's a strong hero. She's, you know, sort of Marvel's response to Superman. Like, if anybody's going to defeat Thanos, it's going to be her. We kind of need this to happen because, like, we would love to not lose all of our favorite characters ever to a horrible tragedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then you've got this this other minority people that are like, but, but she's a woman. And so it's sort of the opposite of Star Wars, where the super fans are the ones that are like, yeah, this is awesome. And the casual fans are the ones that are like, this is stupid. Whereas with Star Wars, it's the super fans who are like, I hate this movie. And the casual <laughs> fans are like, ooh, Star Wars. I love Star Wars. I think you, there's not to be forgotten about a subset of long-term misogynist comic book fans. Yeah. So not not MCU fans, but comic book fans. Well, comic book fans, There, there's a definitely a subset of comic book fans that have made their toxic opinions known about almost every Marvel movie so far. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, Carol Danvers' original story is, from my understanding, I have not read the the original Carol Danvers books, but my understanding is that she's a victim of a a sexual assault, basically. And that's sort of what her character, like, spawns from. Uh, And I think there was... uh, I don't know. I've I've seen arguments from people that are like upset that they changed her origin story or that uh, the MCU and the comics things. are different. And someone who's upset about that is getting upset at the wrong thing. Is wrong, right? No, I I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you. I think this movie's awesome. I think that that would have been a little bit of a tough topic to tackle for the MCU. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, my only complaint about Captain Marvel is like, where has she been for the last 20 years? For sure. And I think we'll find that answer out. I still think I I, I would not have called Captain Marvel for Earth-only threats. But isn't that what she says at the end? No, she says call for emergencies. Mm, Okay, that's fair. Off of Earth. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think that 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 line is part of that whole we've got to address why she hasn't been around thing. My understanding is they do. I think at the end of the day, you couldn't make this movie in 2008. You couldn't make it in 1995. Although, like, we say that, but, like, everybody talks about female-led superhero movies like Elektra was never made. Yeah, Elektra bombed. It was terrible. It did bomb. It was terrible, but it was made. Wasn't Catwoman also made? Yes. Yeah, that also bombed. They still show it on FX. Catwoman has a 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. Exactly. No surprise. No <laughs> they surprise. They were terrible movies. They didn't, like, I, I don't I don't think that those movies did anything for feminism or even gave women a fair shake. I think that those, especially Elektra, was just like, let's look at hot girl in suit. I don't know. Uh, Halle Berry and Catwoman kind of gave me body goals for, like, all of the 2000s. <laughs> Elektra was 2005. Yeah. And it's just, if Jennifer Garner returned as Elektra... Would you be upset or excited? I'd be excited. I love Jennifer Garner. Right? <laughs> like, I get excited for the, like, you know, this is, hold Citibank on. This card is the commercials. Tag. This is the tag for Electra. See Electra with Jennifer Garner, January 14th. Looks can kill. Oh, my God. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, in movies that could not be made today. Right. Okay, I just want to read you a statistic. Electra with Jennifer Garner cost $43 million. It made $56 million. It profited. Oh, girl. No, you have to... According to that, that that's that's worldwide box office. Domestic was only 24 Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, nobody to, saw that movie. You have movie. to double your budget to profit is the rule. I did not know that. Yes. That's... Yeah, so... The- that was a bad movie. It did, that did not. That did nothing for women. If anything, that just rammed home some more misogyny. 
I mean, yeah, because it was made for the straight male gaze. Looks can kill. <laughs> Good God. There's only 98 minutes, though. We stand a short movie. <laughs> How long oh, was man. Captain Marvel? Two hours. Two hours. It felt like it was over in just a blink of an eye. I could have. It was a little short. I felt like they could have expanded some stuff and given us a little bit more of some stuff. I don't know which stuff, but there was there was many scenes where I was like, it kind of feels like you're rushing this a little bit. Was there anywhere that you felt like you could have cut that scene out, Tyler? You said earlier the uh, the scene between the scroll imitating Captain Marvel and and Jude Law. Yeah, that was the only one. I, to me, it just felt a little disjointed. Maybe not cut out, but it didn't like. It seemed like it came out of nowhere. I would have loved some development of the and and I get for them to just end up being bad guys at the end, but I would have loved some development of the the team of like Kree assassins that she operated on at the beginning yeah. would have loved a little bit of like even if it was just a guardian of the galaxy level like we've got you know yan rog and we've got whatever her name is uh, Gemma chan that just yeah. that is what she is known by min erva minerva yeah and, and, and like and you just line them up one by one like even that would have been something better i could have used more jude law and maybe a little bit more ronin mm-hmm. and again i think that I'm, I'm, I, that might be coming the wrong way it's like what this movie needed was more men in it but no, like I, right. I think that you just had some super interesting characters here that, that felt like they were kind of rushed a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, now, and I mean, you could Marvel's... put Carol Danvers on screen with Jude Law for every extra minute you put Jude Law on screen. I just would have loved more of that character. Yeah, I really enjoyed Jude Law's character. And I'm, I'm sad that we will not get more of him in the future in the MCU. I mean, we might. Eh, unlikely. Um, I will say that one of the things that sort of struck me going into this movie was that we sort of knew that, um, oh gosh, what's the, uh, Korath, um, the, the guy played by ooh, a name that I'm not going to be able to pronounce. Uh, Jaiman Hansu. Cool. I appreciate that. Um, I, I'm guessing that's who you're talking yeah. about. But are you talking about the guy from Guardians? Yeah, because we know yeah. that he's Hansu. bad in Guardians. So like seeing him here in a context where, at least with the trailers, he was good. was like, okay, is this going to be the person who flips on her? And why would a Kree turn against a Kree? And basically that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is I could have used a whole a little bit more definition of that whole team. Why he was there, what he was doing there. Um and, and I would be interested in a little bit more of his story in the future, how he ends up with Ronan. Well, he was they were all working for Ronan already, basically. Were they or were they working with Ronan? I thought it was with Ronan. Yeah. I don't know. I, uh, yeah, I, I think I think there was a, a, a Cree like a uh, government basically above both of them that was like, Well, if right. uh, if SEAL Team Six can't take care of it, I'll send in Ronan the accuser. And 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 if they wanna is Ronan dead now? Is he Ronan was destroyed by the st- power stone. That. Damn it. I was gonna say, because I would love like a Sylvester Stallone and Ronan movie. <laughs> People didn't like Ronan. Ronan is, is widely considered by fans in Guardians 1 to be like an awful villain choice, which I don't get. I thought he I did a great Ronan job. He was a great yeah. villain. Yeah, as, as a galactic terrorist. Yeah, I thought he was the perfect villain terrorist. for that movie because he's just absolutely ruthless. Yeah, which is a good contrast to Peter Quill's sort of you know comedic nature. Right. I don't know. Ronan the Accuser. Like, <laughs> I could have used more of that whole thing. That, that Just that whole part. That maybe... 10 minutes give me you know two hours and 15 minutes something like that mm-hmm. this is this is the last time you'll ever hear me ask for a longer movie <laughs> on this show i know give me less less time in the theater um but no i loved this movie all in all i think that we should start moving toward wrap up um final thoughts what what what, what really did it for you on this one what were your Favorite parts, your least favorite parts. I guess we've covered all that, but like at the end of the day, just what was what was your what was your thing? How did it go? How do you feel? I I loved being able to watch a movie and at the end of it think to myself, I I want to be Brie Larson when I grow up. 
Uh, like I tweeted that out, and like dead serious. I want to be Brie Larson. Like that was it was just such a cool movie. It it is empowering and valuable in ways that I never would have imagined. And like all the press leading up to it, like is was honestly good stuff. I know we didn't talk about that at all, but I wanted to bring it up as long as we're talking about Brie Larson. Mm-hmm. I felt like such a badass walking out of that theater. Like, like I agree with the I want to be Brie Larson, but more than anything, it was just like, I I think I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, like I have a, a Captain America, or not Captain America, Captain Marvel jacket now. And like, anytime mm-hmm. I wear it, immediately like confidence and charisma goes up three or four points. Oh, I'm sure. So go- going into this movie, I honestly wasn't super sold by the trailers. I didn't, I didn't love the trailers. I think that this was sort of the weaker job that Marvel's done on selling a movie recently. Um, yeah, it hasn't performed well, but the box. No, I mean it, so it well. has, but like I just didn't. I didn't. I wasn't. I was. I didn't buy in. I think the trailers for Ant Man and the Wasp were better. Um, honestly, I thought that they they made me want to see the movie more. But like, there was no world in which I came on this show and sort of disparage this movie because like obviously it's more important than my straight white dude opinion but like i'm really glad that i can just absolutely love this movie and didn't have to like fudge anything yeah i'm with that i love the fact that i'm able to just come on give my my totally honest opinion about this movie which that it was just absolutely rad i am glad that my future children will get to grow up in a world where there is this superhero I kind of want to challenge the idea that if you hadn't liked the movie, you wouldn't have said that you didn't like the movie. Because I almost feel like that is less productive to the conversation. Well, I mean, I would have found ways to be honest about it, but I also didn't want to have to be that. I'm glad that I don't have to be that, like, that dude being like, well, I didn't like it because of these reasons. I'm, I'm very relieved that it didn't give me any reasons not to like it, is what I'm trying to get at. Okay. I see what both Ethan and Jordan are saying. Right, like, I, I, I get how I, what I just <coughs> said came out wrong. But, like, that's what I'm saying is, like, I am very relieved that, that there is no, like, there's no logical reason for me to dislike this movie. Like, nothing left me with a bad taste in my mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was very well executed. It, you know, maybe there were parts that were a little bit safe and they could have taken some more risks. But I think that at the end of the day, it's just, it's a really solid origin story. I think they've been making some really solid origin stories recently. You know, this, Black Panther, Spider-Man Homecoming, Thor Ragnarok. Great origin stories. Yeah. <laughs> Doctor Strange. Eh. Doctor Strange, yeah, going back a little farther. I like Doctor Strange. That was 2016. I can't believe how long ago 2016 was. Hooey. Yeah. They tell you when you're growing up that, like, oh, time just flies pot past. I, I still feel like last year I graduated from college, but that was four years ago. Yeah, no, that was four years ago. It was not last year. Messes me up big time, fam. This lack of summer vacation is throwing me off. <laughs> All right, let's implement summer vacations for grown-up jobs. Right. The problem Does that mean is no Super Carlin Brothers all summer. The problem that's what Rent and Link do. I know. They do like Good Mythical Summer. They release like two a week and record them all at one time. It's hilarious. Um. Yeah. I mean, that's the problem with with jobs, though. Is like those things still need to keep happening. Oh no! But do they? Tyler, yeah. people still need furniture in the summertime. Well, also, like, not even we'll just talking see. about sales jobs. <laughs> like, like you know, power plants still need to be manned. No. Yes. We don't need power. Yeah, we, don't we need... do. Your vacation's gonna be less fun without electricity. <laughs> I promise. I mean, like, just turn it on and put it on autopilot or whatever. I mean, we're Let's not far away explode. from that. 
we are. I think that we are we are pretty far away from completely unmanned power structures. <laughs> With absolutely nobody there to press the big red button if something goes wrong. Yeah, fair. I don't, I don't, the human race is not that trusting of a species. Yeah. Because what happens if the power goes off? The internet goes off. Womp womp. Ain't nobody here for that. Nah. Oh yeah, no, I can't live without the internet. I will die. <laughs> Would you rather live without internet or be... Uh, subjected to a potential snap by Thanos. Snap. Uh, well, it's a really good thing that the Infinity Gems aren't real. Uh, Thanos did nothing wrong. Okay, listen. <laughs> oh, boy, I didn't realize we had a Thanos sympathizer here. Let me tell you, if you're getting rid of half of all life in the universe, uh, something about resources. Something you, about... you could double your resources instead? You could double your resources. Something. About... Yeah, but I mean, okay, global warming. Like... That's not a very effective solution there. Something about, I don't know. What are you, you talking you about? Want. Just make solar panels everywhere. That's that's the solution. The earth is a solar panel now. <laughs> oh boy. That's the solution. If I'm Thanos, step one, planet-sized solar panel. This has panel. been the Geopolitics with Tyler, panel. who knows nothing about geopolitics. <laughs> The moon is a wind turbine. Oh, oh, honey. Yes, because we have we have that giant we have that giant cable carrying electricity from the moon (laughs) to Earth. Right, and the fact that totally how that works. We're always facing the moon. Nope, nope. The moon's always facing us. Whatever. Did you ever think about how Thanos' planet Titan is in our galaxy? Like, in our solar system? Yeah. Man, that threw me off grande time. I'm sorry, Titan's within our, our galaxy? Yeah, it's a Titan's a moon Saturn of Saturn. Moon. And, like, that's the Titan that Thanos is from? Yeah, it's the yeah same that's the Titan. Titan Thanos is from. Huh. Right? Didn't it seem like they flew the wrong direction? Huh. What? Yeah. That's a, it's a weird feeling in my mind that they flew the wrong hey, way to hey, get there. Hey, um, I want to tell you about orbits. Not the <laughs> I know, gum. I, I yeah, I'm pretty that. sure that Captain Not Marvel told service. us all about orbits. Woo, bring it back. That's right. Anyway, let's let's wrap the show up. Let's Let's rank it on the big board. Okay. Do I have access to the big board, or or do I get a no say I will, in this? I will. Uh, you get say you in this, but you don't have access. You do to get a, it. yes, all of the above. I'm going to read from the bottom up, and it's, there's going to be a lot where it's obvious, and then it'll get kind of dicey. Okay. Actually, I don't think it will. It's not going to get dicey for a long time. Is it better than Venom? Yes. Is it better than Transformers? Yes. Crimes of Grindelwald. Yes. yes. Lego Movie yes. Two. Yes. National yes. Treasure. Yes. Why is National Ralph Treasure so low? Because we reviewed a yes. lot of good movies. Yeah, you'll see. Uh, Ralph breaks the internet. Yes, haven't seen it. Still not Lego better than Batman. National Treasure. <laughs> Lego Batman. Yes. Emperor's New Groove. Yes. Yes. Bumblebee. Yes. Yeah. Miracle. Yeah. Princess Bride. Yes. Princess Bride didn't age well. I'd probably agree with that. Interstellar. Nope. I haven't seen Interstellar. I know it's a crime against humanity. But I'm not allowed to argue for Interstellar. Okay, Ethan. I, I, we're just gonna move past that. <laughs> uh, Toy Story. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Batman Begins? No, I don't think so. It's right there, though. It... Batman Begins is just, it's its just, I don't know, man. It's just the best origin story. I think that Batman Begins loses some points where it's campy. I would agree with that. Uh, okay. Well, I still think we have all of this shit ranked wrong, so. <laughs> you can move Interstellar come come the, the year two wrap-up show. Good God. <laughs> oh, like 40 more weeks of this bullshit. <laughs> I tell you, we'll do a six-month <sighs> six adjustment. Okay, so where do you think it goes then, Tyler? Keep reading. Well, I think I think uh, well, I, I I don't know for sure, but I, there's a question I want to ask. Okay. So Dark Knight Rises. I don't know. Keep reading. Where do you Toy think Story it goes? Two. Toy Story Two. How to Train Your Dragon Three. Why does it say two? It say three. How to Train Your Dragon Three. That's the question I want to ask. Um, I don't know. This is toughy. I see. I, I don't. I don't. I can't. Like I, my opinions are not valid here. <laughs> 
They are val. They're they're valued. They're valid. I like this better than Toy Story one, two, three, or How to Train Your Dragon three because it's not animated. Uh, I do not like this as much as Toy Story three. I like this better than those four movies because it's not animated. Therefore, my opinion is invalid. So I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't know where to put this one. Jordan, where where do you, where do you rank this movie on all the list? Mm. Where do you want to put it? How much did you love it? What's above How to Train Your Dragon three? Toy Story three, Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park, and and Dark Knight. Mm, you know what? We are in the zip code of right, I think. Wait, where? Um, like in in that region that we were just talking about. I could I could put Captain Marvel in that same cluster. Which the cluster of How to Train Your Dragon three or the cluster of Dark Knight Jurassic Park Toy Story? That 3? one, the second one. Um, now I don't think it's better than any of those three films. Yeah, I, I did not love it as much as Jurassic Park or the Dark Knight. I'll be real. Yeah, I would put it under Jurassic Park. I think this is higher praise than I expected. Honestly, when I left the theater, it has only aged well for me since watching it. But when I left the theater, my thought was near Bumblebee. I haven't seen Bumblebee, so I can't comment on that one. You should watch Bumblebee. It was really good. It's between Miracle and Emperor's New Groove. It's definitely better than Emperor's New Groove. Yeah. Yeah. Emperor's New Groove did not age as well as I expected. Yeah. Emperor's New Groove uh, is like a a buddy cop movie. I, yeah, Ember's New Groove is like a is like almost a guilty pleasure, which makes me sad to say because I I do love it so much, but I definitely see the flaws in. This is a toughie. This is a a, this is a toughie. What was below? Toad, what was below Toad. Jurassic Park? Toy Story three. Yeah, I'd put it either below Jurassic Park or below Toy Story three. Ethan, I'm gonna let you decide. <laughs> you can't do that. Yes, I can. No, you can't because then it goes under Interstellar. Whatever's below Interstellar, it's not as good as that. I don't know. I have so much. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know how we got these rankings because I, I feel so like even we just did How to Train Your Dragon three, and I already feel like I'm wrong about that one. I really, really liked that movie. I do too. I think it's better than Toy Story three. I think that we ranked that one incorrectly. That's Ooh. that's so tough, man. This is so tough. Just we might have to sit on this one. Just gonna politely remind that I'm not even home yet. Oh yes. Oh shit. You're uh, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's 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 table that one. Okay. We'll come back to it. breakfast food. Uh, Captain Marvel, the breakfast food, the breakfast food that is Captain Ooh, Marvel. Ooh, I got mine. Uh, go oh, for good. it. Go. Go for it. I'm feeling like... So So first I have to preface this by saying that I like Golden Grahams better than I like Cinnamon Toast Crunch. But I'm going to... Very important Yes, because I'm going to call her Cinnamon Toast Crunch. It's like really good and I will definitely enjoy it if it's the only cereal that we've got in the house. But like if we've got an alternative that I like more, I'm going to go for the other one every single time. So it's like nostalgic and makes me happy and is wonderful, but it's not my first choice. You like Golden Grahams more than Cinnamon Toast Crunch? <laughs> Fight me. <laughs> what? Fight me. Oh, man. Oh, God. I don't even know how to feel about that. I'm with that, though. That's a great description. Yeah, I'm with that as well. That also helps me rank the film. Because uh, to me, if that's your description, then it shouldn't be in the top three. Oh, wait. Are, are we in just the top three for this this year? year yeah. Two? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. The Dark Knight is the first, is number one overall. Our, on our list so far. Sorry, I'm a little bit behind on year two. Um, So, yeah, I would agree yeah, that well, it doesn't need to be We just realized three. that we can't keep ranking everything against, like, Star Wars. <laughs> And Iron Man. And Iron right. Man. Right. I just <laughs> assumed that all of that was still above what you were listing. Oh, no. No, 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 no. We would have definitely listed The Incredible Hulk. <laughs> yeah, you would have heard that. You would have heard that very close to the bottom with Venom and Phantom Menace. That's fair. Um, we'll, 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 we'll come back to the ranking next week. That'll be the first thing we do next week. We also have to rank it in the MCU. Um, so we've got to go back to a whole different list for that. Ethan, where do people find us? What's the promo code for Carlin Brothers Coffee? So the, it's it's Carlin Brothers. What's the website? CarlinBrothersCoffee.com slash, slash discount. Slash discount. Discount? Singular. 
Wheeler slash discount slash bacon. CarlinBrothersCoffee.com slash discount slash bacon and enter promo code bacon at checkout for 10% off everything. You should do it right now because it's dope. I, I also assume that it. that link will be in the description. So It will absolutely yes, be course. in the description. Yeah, you can 100% click on that. Um, and then enter promo code bacon, B-A-C-O-N. Bravo, Oscar, Charlie, Alpha, November. Nope, no, that yeah, was that Bocan. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Enter promo code Bacon, Bravo Alpha Charlie Oscar November. Okay. Uh, <laughs> don't enter code Bocan. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll just set one up for Bocan. See what happens. Please don't. Please don't. That's so confusing. Anyway, um, you can find Jordan. Where can we find you? You can find me. Honestly, I'm not really on the internet as much anymore. I would say the best place to find me is on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is Super Awesome Jeb. Jeb, like Jeb Bush. Yes, like J E B. My initials. J E B. Because Jordan. Jordan. Super Awesome Jordan is too many. Uh, too many characters for Twitter. Yep, okay, you can find her there. You can find me on Twitter at WowNow, but the O's are zeros, and you can find Tyler on Twitter at AmeriCarlin. It's America R-L-I-N. You can find the podcast at Bacon and Eggs Pod. You can also go to BaconandEggs.media to find everything that we talk about, as well as you can go to Patreon.com slash Bacon and Eggs and get on the Discord server. Do it right now. It's only three bucks. It's super awesome. We promise. Also, join the super secret, super awesome Facebook group, which is listed below because it's an awful link. Um, you can find our graphic artist who will be on the show next week with us, Vaishan Brandon at graphite.vmb on Instagram. Our music, as always, is by the lovely Andrew Scott Bell at andrewscottbell.com or at andrewscottbell on Twitter and Instagram. I believe that's it. That's a random number of social media handles per the requisite. Um, you can also go to teespring.com slash slash stores slash bacon dash and dash eggs and get all of, all this is in the description, but that's where you get merch in case you were forgetting we had merch. Anyway, I've been Ethan Edgehill. He's been Tyler Carlin and her over there across town has been Jordan Balky. Until next week, Arrivederci. Ariana Grande. <laughs>